Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father, and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbert Herbop. What's slurping in? <laughs> what? Why don't you well, give the people a slurp? Oh, you want to your your signature your signature. There we go. And uh Trey, stick your <laughs> fingers, Jose. What's up, y'all? It's good to be back. I'm in full health once again. Been down for a couple weeks, been dadding for a couple weeks. Dad, I'm back. Getting sick. Falls here. Things are happening. Kids get sick. They're gross. They're cesspools. <laughs> I'm building up my immune system one by one, baby. <laughs> you have to have a few more to really become invincible. Uh, yeah, I got a couple more of the uh, Infinity Sickness Stones to get on <laughs> get on the old fingers <laughs> here. The whole gauntlet. I'll be fucking unstoppable. <laughs> the last one's cancer, so. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, dude. Hey. Have a tough time fighting that one. He's going to beat dude. cancer with no help, and they're like, we need to study his blood. Yeah, I put my son in daycare. Uh, he got cancer, and then I got it. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, week 8, waiver wires are upon us. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that, touching on some of the happenings uh, from across the NFL over the weekend, and uh, drinking some cold snacks while we do so. Shout out Montucky beers. If you ever, if you ever go to Montana, you got to have a Montucky cold snack. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. I doubt a lot of our listeners are going to Montana, but yeah, if they do, <laughs> try country. it out. You should. Dude, but I have to admit, I've never heard of Montucky cold snacks until tonight. But I really, really enjoy the idea of just calling a beer a cold snack. Yeah. We should make a beer called Washaho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Washington Idaho mix up. <laughs> Copy copyright that right now. Washaho. Dirty snacks. Um, yeah, so keep an eye out for Washa Washa Hope coming out soon. Um, all right. Um, at the FF Fathers on Twitter and uh, Instagram. So catch us there. Hell yeah. If you want to see how incredibly good looking we are. Mostly me, but if you like white people, yeah, look at these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he's filmed. He's, he's feeling it, man. He's been gone for two weeks. Came back a real froggy. Yeah, I'm pent <laughs> up, baby. Let it out. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get started here into some of... What? The, the news. He <laughs> used to say that. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I, was, I was not pre- pre- bleh, prepared for you that. You got to be sorry. on your toes. All right. Top tier podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Fucking wake up. He just fucking, he just pointed at me like, go. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. All right. Well, the news is what I'm talking about. Well, actually, hold on a second. We're about to get into the breaking news. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Give me a softball on that one. Thanks. <laughs> Another Derek Carr. James with a 95 mile an hour slider over here. Couldn't get it. <laughs> it was moving. <laughs> well, let's just say this. I mean, the car is up to speed. And yes, uh, with another Derek Carr receiver being arrested for reckless operation of a motor vehicle tonight, Chris Olave, 
uh, traveling 35 miles per hour over the speed limit, which was 35. I guess he was going 70, was arrested for that this evening. So uh, he did not resist arrest and was cooperative, according to reports. I mean, he's going to get released tonight, so I don't expect it to hurt his, in terms of his status of playing this weekend unless the NFL decides to step in and suspend him. Which I think they might could very well happen. It's against their personal conduct policy. Dude, if you're in a residential neighborhood, you should know the fucking rules. I got the sign in my front yard. Neighbors drive 25. <laughs> All right. He's like, bitch, this ain't my neighborhood. Well, apparently not, dude. Come down my neighborhood driving 70. First of all, it's a very short block. Uh, you're probably going to fucking die. Um, don't fucking do that in my neighborhood, dude. Hilliard. <laughs> Neighbors do drive 25, but Alave was driving 70. So uh, that is a piece of news that just came in about 40 minutes ago. So um, interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's still super fresh. So obviously nothing more than he was just arrested. So, um, But I assume he's got a little bit of money to make bail <laughs> and will do so. Um. Other than that, it was kind of a crazy weekend. Um, where do we want to start? Uh, should we just start with the Bajan saga? Yeah, we can start there. It's a <clears throat> weird situation. Um, after it's all said and done, I mean, the team is just saying that Roshan was sick. It happened the night before the game, and that's why it, there was nothing on the injury report that way. Um, I mean, all in all, the team could end up getting fined. It seems unlikely. God damn you, Arthur Smith. But, yeah, one, it killed most fantasy managers. That if you had Bajon, you're, you were screwed because you, you, there was no saying that this was going on before the game started at all. Um, Two, though, uh, you know, we, we were kind of bullshit before the, the cast here, and uh, James brought up that, oh, yeah, let's just magically say he got sick on Saturday night. He might have been sick all week. It could have been, you know, some game in, gamesmanship from the team trying to make it so that the one true weapon that the Falcons have is yeah. not known to be, you know, you, you don't have to game plan for him any longer. So it could be that way, but overall, he's probably a moot point and he'll play next week. I just don't, I don't put that past Arthur Smith at all. Like, and like, how convenient for him to all of a sudden start getting sick late at night on Saturday. Um, and it still like wasn't reported though, or put on the injury report. So if he started feeling it Saturday night, that means he at the bare minimum came to the game Sunday morning and you know checked in with the team and didn't tell anybody. Like you know for sure he told people. Yeah, like I said, it's probably just a bit of game gamesmanship. But don't I mean, they have to legally put that on the injury report if someone says, "Oh, I'm hurt"? Uh, or I I think it's kind of a gray playing. area with the uh, sickness bit going with that. I mean, it wasn't an actual injury, so I couldn't tell you. I don't know if know enough the rules. I mean, if the NFL finds that there was, you know, some negligence here on the team, then they'll find them. Um, Ultimately, I mean, honestly, if I'm Arthur Smith, I do the same thing. They're in a division that's terrible, but one that they can very, very much win and make the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, why not, not you know, tip your hand to the Commanders? Yeah. Well, if everything's true, though, what happened? He woke up in the middle of the night, didn't feel good, 
You wake up the next morning, try to tough it out, go to the, you know, yeah. go to the facility, try to tough it out, and you're still not feeling good. I mean, how is anyone really going to know besides him? Well, I mean, because they're the ones administering the drugs, something can try to make them feel better. But well, if you woke up in the middle of the night and took some medicine or whatever, whatever yeah. you read, but I'm sure they, I'm sure they hit him up with some with a bunch of IVs and shit before the game too. I mean, either way, I don't think it ultimately it comes down to nothing. It sucks for fantasy managers for this week because there's a good chance you lost not having Bajan in your starting lineup, even though he hasn't had been great so far this year. He's still a guy who's consistently giving you double digit stats. So. Yep, definitely fucked me in a in the league. That's for sure, and I'm sure a lot of people listening were fucked at least once. <laughs> uh, hopefully, <laughs> in both ways. Um, yeah, so obviously, bummer. I also obviously have Bijan in a number of leagues, and uh, that sucks. So, uh, but all we can do is move on. I imagine he'll be good to go next week, and. We'll be right back in your starting lineup. Um, other than that, the Packers are terrible. Um, the Raiders are terrible. <laughs> Just get that out of the way. And the uh, Seahawks are going to the playoffs. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could defend the Raiders, but I fucking can't. Yeah. Tis the truth. I mean, I know it came out in a group chat. We have a group chat within our league. This weekend, and someone uh, posted very early in the game because the Raiders went down pretty quickly. It was like, does Josh McDaniels get fired or they lose to the Bears with a, a rookie quarterback, an undrafted rookie quarterback at that? It's like, yeah, he probably should be, but he they're not. They're not going to. Should no, Mark Davis got fucking Josh McDaniels' dick in his pocket or whatever kind Actually, of. Actually, I think it's, I think it's the other way come. around. Josh McDaniels has Davis's dick in his pocket. Either way, dicks are in pockets and. <laughs> uh, team should be tanking, okay? A.K.A. the Raiders. Everything's yeah. fucked from here on out. We're going for it's Caleb bad. Williams. Give him 50% share of the roster well, or I the franchise. They're probably going to end up tanking whether they actually try to win or or not, regardless. So, <laughs> Yeah. I do have to say, though, I know uh, Devontae didn't have a huge, had the biggest game, but they went to him early and often, and they kind of fell off as the game went on. But, like, Devontae's quote last week where he's like, Right, he's like he's like our uh, our metric or whatever they're, they're striving for. It's not wins and losses; goes, it's greatness. Yeah. And that's and like I think a lot of people took that as being super selfish of him. Like he only cares about his own stats. And you could take it that way, but for me personally, like yeah, he th- he expects to be one of the best receivers of all time. He's been one of the best receivers in the league for a long time. He wants to get the opportunity to show what he can do, and they're not giving him that opportunity. You gotta like yeah with Devonta Adams, you gotta just give him some chances. Like who gives a shit if it's if he's covered? Like throw the ball up. He's probably gonna come down with it because he's Devontae Adams. Well, he's still like in the top terms of the league as far as like targets per game and all that kind of stuff. I think with the greatness thing, he was talking about like uh, the performance of the team because they were three and three or something like that before this last loss, and uh, it's been ugly ass football. Yeah. So he wants the team to play better because all the wins they got are kind of fluke wins. They're not really dominating anyone. I think that's what he's getting at. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of it too. I mean, yes, he had a lot of targets um, through the first four weeks, but the the two weeks before this last one, he had nine targets total. And when you have a true number one wide receiver, that's just not acceptable. You have to get him the ball more. Period. Yeah. And obviously, they tried. He had twelve targets in, in his last game, uh, but he caught seven. I think he had five. But like you said, he had like five catches in the first quarter. 
Yeah, well, he had the first five catches of the game for the team. And I think that just drives home McDaniels not really being a good coach. He was just like, oh, well, if you want the ball, I'm just going to give you the ball. And it just didn't work out for them because obviously they got blown the fuck out by a quarterback that went to a school none of us ever fucking heard of. (laughs) Shepard. Shepard University. Shepard dog, huh? Bullshit. Bunch of sheep around here. We're the wolves. But, you know, I... Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, threw it up a lot to Devontae yeah, Adams you, when he was definitely him, not d- open. Yeah, uh, just gotta just give him the chance. So I see what you're saying there. Uh, maybe it was a uh, a call to the rest of the NFL, like, "Hey, come trade for me." I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, but I don't know. Let's Got throw it. Devontae Adams on the Chiefs and see what happens. <laughs> we we went into that last week, <laughs> and it's like, I swear to God, that'd be every. If one, if you're a Chiefs fan, two, if you're a Devontae Adams yeah. uh, owner in, in fantasy, that's your wet dream. That's yeah, that, that's what you need. That is the but, uh, the holy grail of fantasy football. If they trade him, I might give up being a Raiders fan. That would be so <laughs> fucking. fucking hanging I mean, he's also Just one. Hanging he's also up. one of the only guys that you can that you would actually get a good return on, though, to be able to try to re you know kickstart that rebuild. Bro, we've been rebuilding <laughs> since 2003, okay? Yeah. What is this, the Middle East? This is bullshit, okay? <laughs> There's no progress. We've been rebuilding for 20 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. The Middle East. So maybe the question isn't should we fire the coach? Maybe it's maybe we should sell the team. Oh. Dude, fuck it. Sell the whole NFL. Make a new sport. I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm fucking... God damn it. it I hate we're even talking about this. It's been a frustrating year for sure for fantasy and football in general, but it is what it is. We had a game tonight, Monday Night Football. The Niners taking on the Vikings. Um, surprise win by the old Minnesota Vikings taking down the uh, the Niners, who two losses in a row now after being undefeated. Seahawks is a half game back. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. Jordan Addison with a massive game in the absence of, you know, Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins played out of his mind. A pretty much perfect game. Uh, other than that, you know, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, two touchdowns. That's what he does. 16 games now in a row that he scored a touchdown. Uh, yeah, NFL record. George Kittle had a big game. So... Kind of the usual suspects that you expected. It looked like, I would say, one takeaway um, against a tough Niners run defense, Cam Akers, uh, showed some a little bit of juice. And in my opinion, for the most part, looks better than Alexander Madison. Which isn't really saying much. Alexander Madison has been struggling all year. So if you can find anything better than that, um, might as well just roll with it. Madison has not been explosive. He's not breaking tackles. He's not getting yards after contact. You got to go with something else because obviously the passing game is working for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, I mean, their stat lines technically Madison did a little bit better, but I mean, a lot of that he only had thirty nine yards on the ground, but I think he picked up like between seventeen and twenty on a single run in the first half. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the the run honestly, but the problem is that neither one seems like a guy you can really play much. The the Vikings run offense has been terrible most of the year, so 
Yeah. I will say they are playing the Packers next week. And uh, if one thing is true, you can run the ball on the Packers. So just always kind of seems to be a weak spot in our defense. Um, So maybe there's a play there next week with either one of these guys. But it did feel like they started to lean more towards Cam Akers just watching the game and just getting a feel for it uh, later in the game. Uh, any other thoughts on the game? Jordan Addison's the man. Uh, I'll say real quick: if when's jo- when's Justin Jefferson come back? Uh, week eleven, I believe, is the early season comeback. So Brandon Powell seems to be emerging in this offense, and if Justin Jefferson continues to be out, Brandon Powell he had uh, five targets, four catches, sixty-four yards. He's also their kick returner, punt returner, I believe. Yeah. Um. And I'm not sure how your fantasy leagues work, but I think if he does score a special teams touchdown, you still get points for it in most leagues, right? Yeah, in most. Um, actually, just looking up Jefferson real quick, they said that um, so week 11 is the earliest he can be back, but they're saying that he could absolutely miss six weeks. So that would be week 14 or 13 that he's the earliest he can be back, depending based off how this injury report's going. Yikes. Yeah, and Brandon Powell finished with more yards than K.J. Osborne, one less target, one less catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty interesting. Well. This is someone I would, uh, I think, you know, with us doing our waiver wire episode this week, someone that's pretty interesting, not rostered in probably any league. 5%. Yeah, 5% on sleeper, not sure about fantasy pros, uh, which is more of an average, but still, uh, someone that could be interesting moving forward, you know, obviously a deeper play, but he got a good amount of usage in this game. Yeah, it's crazy. Brandon Powell's been in the league for six years. <laughs> uh, has never really done a whole lot, but uh, been in the league for six years. So I don't know. Maybe he gets uh, <laughs> some opportunity here with Jefferson missing some time. Yeah, that's the only thing I would really bring up from this game. Someone I saw like kind of emerge out of nowhere. I was like, okay, keep an eye on this guy moving forward for sure. Um, all right. Uh Bill's tight end, Dawson Knox, gonna need surgery on his wrist. It's unclear how much time he'll miss, but uh just thought I'd bring that up. Dalton Kincaid finally had a good game. Uh so we'll talk about him, I guess, on our waivers uh as we get to this list, but just another news highlight I picked up there. Uh, all right, let's move into the waiver wires. Daryl Henderson Jr., the running back for the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I uh, I had kind of a mad sprawl across all our leagues, picking them up wherever I could. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember when I did that. It was Saturday or Friday, but I just had a feeling uh, McVeigh came out and said something about Zach Evans, like, yeah, he needs – I forget what the exact quote was, but essentially it was to the tune of Daryl Henderson is here. He's familiar with this offense. Um, We feel comfortable with him, and the other guys are kind of up in the air right now, including Zach Evans, who I guess has some more things to work on before he's involved. Yeah, well, I think it was Sunday morning that they it was officially announced that he would be the third running back behind Henderson and Royce Freeman, Um, which sucks was like – as uh, one guy put it put it here on Fantasy Pros, he they called they called Zach Evans the Fab Burglar because I think he was a high waiver wire ad last week and he probably spent some some pretty good fab on him because of it. 
and uh, he proceeded to have zero touches. Mm, yeah, that's heartbreaking. So all all signs started to point towards Daryl Henderson. So hopefully you picked him up. If not, he's probably one of the top waiver wire targets uh, for this week. Clearly was the the lead back on Sunday. Um, eighteen attempts, sixty one rushing yards, on you know three point four a carry. Had one uh, catch as well. And scored a touchdown. So nah, I mean he's he's gotta be the number one waiver wire ad of the week. It's not I don't think it's even close, honestly. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Probably the hottest ad of the week. It's gonna be Daryl Henderson. Um what would you spend on Fab? We're only gonna have him for what, starting for three weeks? At least another three weeks, yeah. If he continues this performance, um Honestly, I mean, no, well, no, it's at, at minimum three weeks because Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers are both on IR. So they're out for at least four weeks. This being the first week, so they have at least another three weeks before they're even allowed to come back off the IR. And in this in this market, with uh, running back mm-hmm. scarcity the way it is right now, I mean, people are, if they didn't dump what they had on Zach Evans, they, they may do the rest here on Daryl Henderson. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm a big. I'm gonna do a big Daryl dump this fucking waiver wire <laughs> week. I'm going in, baby, because I need some fucking running backs in a lot of leagues. Yeah, fucking dude, everyone does. It's the running back landscape. I imagine that's most of the sentiment um, in most leagues. There's gonna be someone who just dumps it all to get a. I mean, to get a guaranteed starter for the next few weeks. Like, I don't think the rest of the guys are good enough to. And we know how the Rams do it, right? It's usually one guy that is is the bell cow. But interesting to know, Tyler, yeah, he did go get placed back on the practice squad. Like, yeah. Could have been just because he was already on the practice squad so they can they have some flexibility there on roster. Um, without having to cut someone else, they can just move him back and forth. But interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would expect that he gets reactivated to the to the main roster um, <clears throat> probably pretty early in the week. They're going to want him to practice with the number one team, obviously. Um, so, I yeah, I assume it's got to be some kind of like just roster manipulability, I guess. I don't know, however you want to put that. But uh, sick word, <laughs> Man- manipulability. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't see that as any concern about him still not being the lead guy come this Sunday. Well, speaking of being put back on the practice squad, can we talk about Julio Jones real quick? Sure. And just kind of like, what do you want to say about him? Well, he was activated, you know, to the Eagles squad this week. Um, played 22% of snaps, only had one catch for three yards. And instantly on Monday, they put him back on the practice squad. Yeah. So I know it was a big name. Everyone's like, oh, Julio Jones back on a roster, but he is 34 years old. And he's back on the practice squad for the Eagles. So if you're really thinking about Julio Jones, uh, especially this week in waivers, I would temper the hell out of those expectations. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, even when they signed him to the active roster, I didn't have any interest. Yeah, I mean, at best, he's the fourth target on this team behind AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and Dallas Goder. So yep. there's really no point in him being on any active roster. 
Yeah, I figure I just like kind of put it to rest because he does have a big name and people are probably like, oh, Julio Jones, you know, da da da. Well, it's like, well, he's back on the practice squad on the Eagles. So, well, I mean, including in our own up. league, we had a guy pick him up immediately. Of course. That's name value. A lot of people buy into that. But I think even uh, a different receiver caught a touchdown. Um, uh, what's his name? Zacchaeus. Been around a while. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus. Hola, mides. Zacchaeus. <laughs> Uh, moving on on the waiver wires here, Amari DiMarcato. Um, so last week on waivers, he was a big ad. A lot of people, or was it two weeks ago, Amari? Um, yeah, it was two I, weeks ago. A lot of people spent a lot of fab on him, and he was involved that week, but it was Keontae Ingram uh, the week of the, Amari was a big waiver wire ad. Keontae Ingram the following game was the lead back. And then this week, when everyone thought, oh, okay, so Keontae Ingram's going to be the guy with Connor out, the the usage got completely flipped. And Amari DiMercato was the lead back this week. Yeah, Ingram didn't even see a snap in the game. Yeah. A snap? Not a snap. So, God, why do they do this to us? I mean, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Like... How do you decipher that? I mean, at this point, you don't touch this backfield until Connor's back, obviously, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, well, we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Like, the Cardinals start off pretty hot and look competitive, but after that, things have gone downhill very, very fucking fast. So this offense in general, you just kind of got to step back from. And that's actually because, uh, obviously, I watched this entire game, and it's the first time I've watched uh, – large portion of the Cardinals playing they're throwing up different stats of how like they are versus in the first half of games versus even the second half of games and it's it's insane um it's like in the first half of games they're plus I don't know, like 60 points um over their opponents and the second half of the games they're now negative like 80 points it's like they go into halftime and every and like they forget what they're doing it's like they forget that they're playing football or something it's the weirdest thing Weird. Are the Raiders coaching the Cardinals too? <laughs> no second half adjustments. R.I.P. There's been man. a lot of questionable coaching, I think, across the league uh, this year, for whatever reason. Just the weird decisions seem to be standing out more and more. It's all these young cats. I need me a geriatric fucking old school fucker coming <laughs> up in here. I mean, sometimes I feel like, like I mean, the Arizona's head coach is he's a rookie head coach. Um. And I think a lot of times you do, they start to rely too much on, like, statistics and the analytics of games instead of just going with, like, what your the feel of the game is, you know? Like, so, and that's what the, the old coaches pride on. I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit what this random number is telling me what to do. I can just feel what's happening in the game and what my team needs. Right. And that's how you should be coaching. Like, I don't give a shit if it says go for it on this down or, or that down or throw versus pass. Like, I need to go be, based off what my team's showing me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think a lot of that's getting lost, kind of the experience, you know. There's nothing more valuable than experience, and that's true in football as well. So weird, weird times we're in. But um, Praise, brother. Amari, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I think all of us would say don't waste any fab. Zero. Uh, again. <laughs> if Honestly, you did it the first time, don't do it this time. If you need a running back, I'm putting it all on Daryl Henderson. Yeah, that's and- your one shot. And I'm not even considering other other options. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, 
but this guy, this next guy, I do like a lot. Uh, Josh Downs, um, the Colts rookie wide receiver. We talked about him last week, said you should absolutely pick him up. There is a difference, obviously, in this offense with Gardner Minshew at helm. And Josh Downs fits into that that scheme with Gardner Minshew much more um, smoothly than probably any other target in this offense. Um, so, and he's been making plays. He's really talented. So, yeah. I mean, but he's the one receiver they have that can take the the ball downfield, right? Yeah, he's the, he's the one true deep that they have. Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce are both more big body type receivers that are gonna make your, make the plays across the middle of the field, make those tough catches. And yeah, you can throw it to him deep, and they have to come down with a with a contested catch. But Josh Downs is gonna come down with the floater because he's burned the entire defense, right? He's more. He's an explosive playmaker, and so you know, six targets, caught five of them for 125 yards and a touchdown. Um, he should be rostered, in my opinion, in 100 percent of leagues. With you know Gardner obviously going to be the guy the rest of the way. He's going to be a fantasy asset on the back half of this season. Yeah, with Gardner at quarterback, Downs is getting at least seven targets per game. In the five games so far that Gardner's played a majority of. Yeah, he's averaging about seven targets a game. Let's just say like maybe four catches a game, but it, it's increasing as time goes on. So it, it's pretty obvious at this point that Downs definitely fits in with Minshew. Yep, two touchdowns in the last two weeks. Um, you know, Colts are surprisingly playing pretty well against what we thought was going to be a tough defense that might just shut them down completely. They did not, so... You know what's crazy about that game, too? So, I mean, obviously, the Browns won, what, 39-38? to 38, Very high-scoring game. And yet the Browns' defense still scored 20 points for fantasy purposes. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Oh, that's weird, because I was talking about them on the last waiver wire episode. <laughs> you know, I was saying, you should probably pick out the Browns' defense, playing against Colts, you know, just think by up there, what do you know? I know, but, like, I know, because I, I actually was able to pick up the Browns in a couple of leagues to You're play welcome. them before that but like when i saw the scores like oh shit i'm sure they got negative points but still somehow they had 20 points i mean that's just how talented that this this uh defense can be because they create so many turnovers and sacks and all this stuff doesn't matter if they give up points miles garrett is a freak he's absolutely he's unstoppable i mean i think i said it literally to you guys last week i was like i like pound for pound miles garrett is probably the best athlete in the nfl yeah Aaron donald He's, no. he's surpassed, I think, Aaron Donald at this point. Austin Eckler. No. no. <laughs> if we're going pound for pound, he's no, a little no, guy. No, that's what I'm saying. Though. Like, like Miles Garrett. He's you a put, little guy. He's a little guy. Come on. Like, Miles Garrett does stuff that Austin Eckler does, but has 100 fucking pounds on him. That's the problem. That's the difference. Miles Garrett should not be able to do things that he can do with for his size. But have you seen Michael Mayer run a route? <laughs> no. Because he's only a blocking tight end. No, he's not. <laughs> How many blocks did he get this week? <laughs> yeah, it was uh yeah. It was it was a short lived time for Michael Mayer, but yeah, whatever. Uh next on the list, Tank Dell. This is a guy that um He's flashed. He's flashed. Um he was on bye last week. Uh the week before that he did not play in week six because of a concussion. And then two weeks of kind of mediocre uh before that so he has dropped quite a bit in roster percentage but if you have space on your on your roster i would 
say this is a guy that could potentially come back in the second half of the season and and play well uh, for your fantasy team. So if you have room, um, he's a guy that's been dropped quite a bit in the last four weeks. So give him a look. He's a stash play in my mind. If C.J. Stroud continues to develop and show what he's been doing and Tank Dell uh, remains healthy for the rest of the year, I would not be surprised if like, towards the end of the season Tank Dell definitely enters starting conversation, at least flex-worthy. Well, I mean, he's he's been a boomer bust play this entire season so far, right? He's had games where he's almost non-existent and, and a couple of games where he goes absolutely bonkers. And that's what you're going to see from him the rest of the year. you got to play the kind of matchups. Um, and maybe this week it's not that it's not gonna be that week since there are zero teams on by, so you're not gonna need to rely on somebody who's gonna be boomer bust. But at the same time, he's not a bad play. They're playing the Panthers. The Panthers, uh, yeah. they're not great against receivers, but they're they're not you know terrible either. They're giving up 27 points a game to the position. It's the 19th best uh, mark in the league. So he could absolutely be one of those guys that does go off this week. Yeah, Tank Dell would definitely be a true boomer bust play i think this week but he could boom so uh but i like him as a stash and hold like trey said so that's tank dell and as we get closer to you know later in the season week 13 is like buy him again dude i'm telling you you got six teams on buy another one mm-hmm, it's coming world so, war buy him again too yes sir so you know prepare for that one because you're gonna need some motherfucking backups once that week comes around a lot of people are gonna be struggling all right, uh, another guy on the list, Tajay Spears, uh, running back, backup running back for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he's had consistent involvement, I'll say that, and he does have the ability to to break big plays. Um, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen from him in his rookie year. Um, you know, I was on bye last week, so this is another guy that might have been dropped. Um, but if you need a solid you know, player to someone just to add that, you know, something happens to Derrick Henry next week or whatever he would be. If, if something were to happen to Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears would be like a hundred percent fab dump, you mm-hmm. know, um, must have waiver wire ad. So if you can add him a week early, uh, without spending all your fab, if you have room on your bench, I think it's a smart move. Honestly, I've been doing that all year with Ty J. Ever since like week one. Me too. <laughs> yeah, um, just waiting. I, I only have I only have one <laughs> league where I actually have Derrick Henry in it, and obviously I have Ty uh, Ty J in that one. But in two or three other leagues besides that, I've just been holding him on the bench. Yeah. Just kind of waiting in case that happens because he's going to be immediately be he's really an RB one. Yeah. He he is really good, and you know the last time we saw him on the field wasn't a great performance uh, against Baltimore, but that Baltimore defense is legit. Obviously, we just saw them you know, shit all over the Detroit Lions whose offense has been on fire. So, you know, that Baltimore team is real. Like, I think the Todd, just to go off on a sidebar here, the Todd Munkin offense is finally starting to catch rhythm and you're starting to see that kind of evolve. And, you know, the receivers were actually productive outside of Zay Flowers, which is great. Um, You know, Mark Andrews had a big game finally. Uh, Mark Andrews is back, so. Um, also, also, with that being said, uh, fuck Stephen A. Smith. Have you guys seen this clip? Last week, after the Ravens lost, they're talking about, like, like is, is Lamar Jackson 
worth the money they paid him. And he's me like, no, no, he's not. He's just not. He's not good enough. Blah blah blah. And then this week, uh, today actually, I guess not. Not this week. Today he came out. I was like, I don't know what all this talks about about Lamar Jackson not being worth the money. It's like, motherfucker, you said that literally yourself. You couldn't even admit to the fact. Like, I'm okay with, with analysts having to switch gears. Like, you know, that's what you do. Like, sometimes you're just wrong about people. But admit it first before you just come out and say and act like you never said what you said. Yeah. He's one of the biggest clowns in the media. I can't take that guy seriously. I know, but, like, it's it's one thing. Like, if we take an L, like, we've all said it. Like, hey, I was wrong. Like, I was wrong about this guy last week or last year or this season. So he season. was trending online? As usual. Because of that? <laughs> that's what I saw. Because people are calling him out? Yeah, I would call him out, too. Good. It's what he wants. Quit talking about Stephen A. Smith. He's fucking weak. Yeah, dude. Um, classic Stephen A. Uh, but yeah, so keep an eye out for Tajay Spears. <laughs> uh, should be rostered. Uh, Pierre more like, Strong. More like Stephen F., if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. You know, A, dude. Psh, fail. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, burn. I know you heard that, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Long time listener, Stephen yeah, A. Smith. Long, long time <laughs> listener, big time hater. All right, Cleveland running back situation. Jerome Ford's going to be out one to two weeks. Um, so obviously, Kareem Hunt is the immediate pickup, but uh, he's probably rostered in most leagues. Pierre Strong Jr. would be the other running back. Uh, he's rostered in one percent of leagues. Um, so. There could be an avenue there for uh, for both of these guys, uh, obviously, for the next two weeks. We'll see how it plays out. But Pierre Strong did see eight carries in week seven uh, after the Jerome Ford injury and had uh, 25 yards. Yeah, what, eight carries? You know, uh, it's like, okay, you you want someone who's going to be Getting the ball in the backfield where you know Jerome Ford's going down, but Pierre Strong to me, unless you're really struggling, I'm not really looking for him. Yeah, it's honestly gonna be a little interesting how it plays out because Pierre Strong actually out snapped Kareem Hunt last week. Kareem Hunt obviously had the, had more touches by a couple, but um, interesting to see that they do have some trust in Pierre Strong to have him on the field more often. Yeah, I mean they brought him over from uh, New England in the off season. I mean, Kareem Hunt, I don't know. I, he's been okay um, starting to, to plug along, but there's always someone else involved with, with Kareem Hunt. So uh, how I view him right now is Pierre Strong is a you know add and stash and then a really desperate kind of flex play um, for deep rosters that are just hurting. Yeah, which hopefully you don't have to do that again with no teams being on by this week. Unless you have a terrible injury bug on your team, you shouldn't have the need for that. Yeah, and Kareem Hunt was getting all the, the scoring opportunities. You know, 10 carries, 31 yards, two touchdowns, Pierre Strong, as we talked about his stat line. You know, Kareem Hunt's getting the ball in more opportune situations. Yeah. Uh, a couple of tight ends out there that are probably available. Jake Ferguson, the Dallas uh, Cowboys tight end. Uh, consensus uh, roster percentage is at 46%, so still available in more than half of leagues. I know he was added and dropped probably in the last 
few weeks. Uh, but Ferguson is a guy you could add and play. Potentially, his usage has been kind of weird because he had at least seven targets in the three of the four four first games, and then only four targets combined in the final two games for their bye week. So, kind of interesting to see how that's going to play out the rest of the season. But at the same time, that's kind of how most tight ends go. They're going to have these ups ups and downs. There's just no consistency of the position um, outside of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, and Sam Laporta for that at that point. Yeah, the next Travis Kelsey. Holler at him. Um, speaking of kind of disappointing, uh, Dalton Kincaid, you know, uh, most of the season has been really kind of disappointing for the amount of draft capital they spent on him and all the hype. Um, but this last week against New England, after Dawson Knox went out, finally got a decent amount of looks, his most targets on the year, eight targets, caught all eight of them for 75 yards. Still no touchdowns for the rookie, but maybe with Dawson Knox sitting out a couple of weeks this this creates um an opportunity for Dalton Kincaid to actually be startable for these next few weeks hopefully fucking finally been talking about him yeah i mean he did uh, again with the injury happening he played his most snaps of the season besides week 1 so that's a got to be a good sign the more if he's on the field more he just has more opportunity for catches and he's super talented. That's the reason why we hyped the, the fuck out of him all off season. Uh, clearly, it hasn't worked out so far this year, but we should expect that to to really start to ramp up um, in the next few weeks. Oh, please, come on, Dalton. We need it. Uh, he's rostering thirty seven percent of leagues, so should be pretty widely available. Um, moving on here, Royce Freeman. Running the other running back for the LA Rams, um, that seemed to be the second back in the rotation. Uh, any interest adding Royce Freeman? I mean, maybe he did have twelve carries for sixty-six yards. He had a he had a really good average there. Um, obviously, was behind Daryl Henderson, but I mean, he worked well with the touches he had. Um, but as you said. I, Kind of with Pierre Strong, he kind of feels like a desperate play, which he shouldn't have to go after this week. Um, I guess maybe if you're a guy that, if you were like James and went through and sniped Daryl Henderson out of a lot of leagues after the That's after cool. waivers went through, and if something happens to Daryl Henderson, then maybe Royce Freeman jumps up there. But it's, it's They're hard playing to say. Dallas, too, next week. So, I mean, tough defense. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say what's going to happen, and who knows? Like, we could end up still seeing by the end of this year, or by the time Kyra Williams is back, where like Zach Evans starts to make his way up there. I, mean, I know he said they're still trying to figure things out, but who knows? It takes one game to figure shit out, right? Dude, this backfield once it gets healthy again, I mean, it's it's me a clusterfuck. We're basically just talking about who's going to fill in during the the time that these guys are injured because Kyron Williams looked great. Once he comes back, I really don't feel good about this backfield. But well, I think I think once Kyron comes back, though, he goes back to being the guy. I don't. I'm not worried about these other guys once Kyron's healthy again. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. We're basically looking for like who's going to fill in in the meantime, and I think you know we already found our answer in, in Daryl Henderson. But Royce Freeman, it, there's a couple leagues where I'm struggling at running back, pretty bad. I would add him just in case. All right, uh, moving on. A couple more names here. 
Kendrick Bourne, I think, is a player that can be brought up. On Sleeper, he's rostered in 39% of leagues. Bourne identity. Um, According to Fantasy Pros, he's rostered in 24% of leagues. So he's a player that started off hot in the season opener against Philly, scoring a couple touchdowns, had 11 targets, um, had a a heavily targeted in week two as well, and then kind of fell off um, in the last few weeks. But, you know, week six had 11 targets for 10 receptions against Vegas, finished with 14 fantasy points. And then last week against Buffalo, seven targets, six receptions, 63 yards, a touchdown, and finished with 13 uh, fantasy points. So, I mean, this is an offense that's desperate for playmakers, uh, especially in the passing game. It seems when they target Kendrick Moore pretty heavily, he seems to eventually make a play. So, I don't know. Is this uh, someone you're looking to add? And would you play him next week against Miami? I think I'm looking to add him as a stash, see how it keeps developing. Um, Not necessarily play him right away. Uh, But, I mean, at this point in the season, he does look like the number one receiver in this offense. So, he should get consistent work going forward but the offense is so bad that that consistent work doesn't necessarily mean production yeah well there's a couple of things that we're a part in that where you know we have two flex positions and you can start you know uh you know a receiver if you would like in that position and Kendrick Bourne um is someone in a couple of those leagues I wouldn't feel bad about having as like my fourth receiver going into it, especially against Miami because they're probably gonna be playing down most of the game he has a decent floor, which sounds horrible. Maybe my teams in these leagues are just doing bad, but around five fantasy points a game. Uh, it, that's a pretty decent floor for someone you're just taking a flyer on if you just want to throw them in as like your fourth receiver, last flex position. I honestly would not feel horrible having Kendrick Porn on my team. The opportunity is there where he could see 10, 11 targets and – you know, absolutely score a touchdown and against the Dolphins that is a fair point because they give up a ton of points to quarterbacks and and receivers um and a lot of that probably does come come from garbage time production because they have been destroying teams for most of the season um obviously this last weekend a little different they you know went up against a a really good team overall in the the Eagles but um but yeah I mean garbage time production doesn't like NFL wise they don't like it but for fantasy wise we love it so like he could be having a terrible game the entire the first three quarters of the game, but if he goes off and gets sixty yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter, you're happy. So yeah, yes, sir. Uh, another name I would take a peek at: <laughs> good old Taysom Hill, tight end slash quarterback slash running back slash oh receiver for the New Orleans Saints. And here's the reason why: like if you're in a super flex league, um, and your second quarterback, let's say, just hasn't worked out. Uh, Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> like they're actually throwing the ball to Taysom Hill. Now. That's that's what's crazy. And, and so even as just a normal tight end play, like he could be a legit play for the, what the tight end market is. I mean, this is a tight end who could literally take snaps at quarterback and you know run the ball and design runs. So and he's shown he can catch the ball. He made a couple of really good grabs against Jacksonville last week. Um. It's two weeks in a row now where he set a career high in receiving yards, forty nine and fifty this last week. So like <laughs> I mean, I know it's not a ton, but like he eight, he eight, is getting usage. Eight targets in week six, caught seven of them, five targets in week seven, caught four of them. Um, and he gets like designed goal line 
rushes. Yeah. And you can um, play him at tight end. He, once again, should be added in all leagues. It's just one of those things. He's one of those guys, like. I mean, the floor is super low, or at least has or was, because he never was involved in the passing game as a receiver. But if he's going to be involved as a receiver. And also getting touches. Yeah. Like, especially, and like, like you said, like, he gets so many goal line opportunities versus their own running backs. I mean, he's just got to be in your. He's got, he's just got to be 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 in your lineup. He has 19 targets already this year. His career high is 22. That was back in 2019. So they're clearly yeah. using him way more in the passing game than they ever used to. We're basically a third through the year, a little over a third through the year. So yeah, yeah, it's looking pretty damn good stat wise for him. And it, what, only rostered in thirteen percent of leagues and sleeper. I don't know what it is on fantasy I, pros. Can you guys see that? Uh, I don't know if you're yeah. like readily accessible to that. The but, average uh, ownership seven percent. Yeah, seven percent. Okay, that, that's honestly crazy to me. Like, I, I think it's because so many people are at, like we've seen this story, and it doesn't always work out. But I mean, the upside like yeah, the floor kind of sucks, but the upside is so high. And so at this point, like you, you're getting to the point where like you do have to have them in your lineup, or at the very least rostered. If you're in a fortunate situation where you you have a strong team and you're winning and you're struggling at tight end, why not just throw him in? Yeah, just to hopefully get that great game. Yeah, absolutely, and really shit on some. And people. I think he has a higher floor than a lot of guys you spent a ton of draft capital in, like Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you know. Like the ceiling is much higher with Taysom Hill and Kyle Pitts because that offense is crazy, is terrible in Arizona or yeah. Atlanta. I'm sorry. Get yourself out from the pits at the bottom and climb that hill, baby. Another name I'll throw out there to keep an eye on, <clears throat> just because uh, the last time we saw this team play, he led the team in rushing, which was surprising. But Devin Singletary. Um, in week six, rush for 58 yards on 12 carries. Um, in that win against the Saints, which is a pretty tough run defense. Um, he also got two targets, caught one of them. But I think the important note is he, you know, was the lead runner uh for the Houston Texans, and it was not Damian Pierce. So I don't think you can really trust either guy in this backfield right now, but um, clearly they wanted to get Devin Singletary more involved, and Damian Pierce has had not a great year. Did you know Devin Singletary is 5'7"? <laughs> I did not. That is insane to me. So, yeah, little guy. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to point that out. That's crazy to me. So he's short. Yeah, he's short, and uh, some for some reason getting more but, carries than Damian Pierce. God damn it! But he, I mean, he's a. But it's like that doesn't really matter because he's stocky. He's two hundred three. Like mm-hmm. he's a short, but he's you know he's like a bowling ball out there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any other names that we want to bring up? Um, Kyler Murray. Ooh, the return. Who is that? Modern Warfare Three is coming out. He's gonna be uh, busy with that. He's gonna be locked in. <laughs> uh, I mean, they they are saying that his return, like week nine, is the earliest he would he could return, but they're expecting him to be ready to go week ten against Atlanta. Ah, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, he's rostered in less than fifty percent leagues, and if you have room and your quarterback situation isn't great. 
mean, why not have a little stash there? Kyler Murray could end, end up coming out and no, especially in his own mindset, like he come out wanting to absolutely destroy the rest of the season because all there's all the chatter about the Cardinals going back to the draft. They're gonna have a, a top three draft pick more than likely and going for another quarterback. So, yeah. but if he comes out and just absolutely destroys the last five, six, seven weeks of the season, all of that's gonna be put to bed. Could happen. Um, you know, the next two weeks they have really tough defenses, so they're probably going to get shit on. And but like I said, want to at least see Kyler. You know, but they're saying that like he could return a week nine, but more than likely return a week ten, which is against right. Atlanta. So he 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 gets to avoid Baltimore and Cleveland. Right. So then he'll get Atlanta, then Houston, then the Rams. Which Atlanta's been pretty tough, but not a terrible respectable defense honestly they've only given yeah. like they haven't given them more than 24 points this year i think i was looking into their defense earlier yeah um they've been respectable honestly i mean his overall lineup of defenses for the the rest of the season when he does start to play is not great there's no like cupcakes in it besides chicago um but still i mean again if he wants to if he comes in and lights the world on fire which he clearly has the talent to do we've seen him do it in the past I mean, he could end up actually being a bit of a league winner for you. Yeah, I mean, when he's on and he's running the ball, he is pretty much matchup proof for fantasy purposes. So, or is matchup proof? You're you're not ever sitting him when he's on fire. So, um, yeah, I think uh, that's a name to keep an eye on, or add this week if he's still available and and hold. Forty eight percent in sleeper. Uh, I don't know what Fantasy Pros is, but yeah, it was a good chance he is available in your league. Especially Fantasy Pro right. shows thirty-two percent, and that's like a consensus, a consensus ownership. Yeah, so thirty-two percent. So I mean, very likely available. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's a hell of a stash play. I do too. All right. Well, that will do it uh, for the waiver wire ads this week. If you have any specific guys you want to drop or are questioning whether you should drop or not or guys that you're questioning whether you should add um just hit us up at the ff fathers on twitter or instagram we're happy to answer those uh there for you um other than that we will see you later this week for starts of the week and sits of the week and uh stinkies defense of the week. I'm bringing two this week, baby, at least. <laughs> He's got to make up for it. At least for two of them. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, all right, well, we will see you all later this week. Uh, thank you all for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Whoa, Beer down. It's the empty one. Beer down. It's the empty one. Don't worry, guys. It's the empty one. <laughs>